fourth down at the Tennessee 29. Give Dylan picks his way. Right side breaks through, and he's off to the races. He is gone. Touchdown. statement to the rest of the league what a statement to the rest of the league what a night in lambeau field welcome to the packer force podcast i'm your host elliot sill joined by my brothers black mountain and the legend and boy oh boy what a night in lambeau field that was the complete game we have been looking for mm-hmm. all season, was it not? Oh, I mean, for how long have we been looking for a game like that? You know, I just said, yeah, all, I, all season. I, I mean, not just all season. Last year we were looking for that. True. You know, that's a good point. I mean, when was when was the last time you saw something like that? Two thousand fourteen. Oh, I don't know about that, but yeah, it's, so, I mean, it's something like that. First, first time in the Lafleur era. You right. know, a complete game like that, it looks different under Mike McCarthy than it mm-hmm. does under the floor. Mm-hmm. We had different, you know, buttons being pushed, and fucking Mike Pettin's defense was right. doing different stuff. Mm-hmm. It it looked excellent. It, especially compared to expectations, right? I mean, Derrick Henry did get 98 yards, so we didn't shut him down, per se. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Let me, let me, let me put, a, let me put a, a damper on this conversation. So I looked it up. Derrick Henry's yardage and carries when the game was less than three scores. Okay, mm-hmm. so we get up by three scores. We let them run, obviously. Right. Yeah. When it, the game was two-score game or less, Derrick Henry had 13 carries for 42 yards. Yeah. Yep. The other stuff he did, it was the game was out of reach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you want to take 56 of those yards and say, okay, you can have those because we're winning by three touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there becomes a point where you don't fear the run anymore because the run can't catch up to you, so you stop giving a shit what they do with the run. You focus on the pass because that's the only way they can possibly get back in the game. Run all you fucking want with Derrick Henry at this point. Who cares? Because we've already shut him down as much as we needed to shut him down. He's dead. And Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, this is this is what you were saying last week. This is what you were saying needed the plan. You, you were saying this is what the plan needed to be, essentially, is to get ahead, get out in front of Derrick Henry, and then by the time that he got going in the way that he's prone to, it was too late. And like we mm-hmm. looked at the Tennessee losses, and we saw the Cleveland Browns loss, and we were like, that's the one. We want to mm-hmm. be up by a bunch of fucking touchdowns, yeah. and then they have to catch up, and they have to go away from Derrick Henry, or that they'll be too slow. Mm-hmm. And not only did that happen, not only did we get up early, but we finished this game 
with 21 unanswered points. Mm -hmm. When they cut it to 14 to 19, that was it for them. They were done. We mm -hmm. went up from 19 to 14 to 40 to 14. Mm -hmm. And that is also the type of thing that we haven't seen from this team not just the defense letting it slide and letting the team back into it, mm -hmm. but the offense taking its foot off the gas. And that mm -hmm. did not happen. The offense went right the fuck back to work. Yep. And we ended up with a with our our best win mm -hmm. of the Matt LaFleur era. Yeah, let me just go on record by saying we shut Derrick Henry down. All the things that you've been seeing Derrick Henry do all year, these fucking huge long runs just punching guys off the field, just taking the souls of defenses. He did not do that. We shut him down. They had one success in their game plan, and they that was using Derrick Henry to divert the attention of the defense, and Ryan Tannehill got 45 yards on Yeah, us. and when you he know? does that, it's like you and me were both watching this game together. It was got mm -hmm. us. Good yep. play. Like, that was that yeah, was it. Yeah, way to go. And it didn't happen again. Right. It, was, it didn't continue to be a problem. So the Packers uh, the Packers wrap it up mm -hmm. um, in Lambeau Field. It's their last game of the regular season in Lambeau Field. They finish 7-1 and one at home. Now, we have mm -hmm. heard a little bit of murmurings from some people named Mike Florio, who are Vikings fans, <laughs> about, about whether the Packers have a legitimate home field advantage. Seven and one at home, that ties mm -hmm. the best in the league. Mm -hmm. No one is better than seven. Even the Chiefs lost their one loss at home. Mm -hmm. So everyone has lost a game at home. The Packers looked real fucking snazzy mm -hmm. and comfortable in the cold and in the snow. That's something we had talked about, like, can these guys do it in the snow? How did that make you feel as we go forth to try and secure home field advantage and try and bring these playoff-type games to Lambeau Field? Legend, I want, I want you to take point on this. Well, I just want to say, before we move completely on from Derrick Henry, I do want to say, in his defense, that he was cold. I mean, <laughs> come on, guys. It's chilly out there. He's not <laughs> but we, we are, and you saw that, and you saw it a lot more than I thought you were going to see. Our wide receivers did not miss a step. Mm -mm. Oh, my God, guys. A.J. Dillon has snow tires. <laughs> that was yep. crazy. Watching him muscle just on top of people's heads through the snow like that, oh, it was it was one of the prettiest things I've seen in a while, which has just been so fantastic. Oh, man, that was great. And, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the home field advantage early in the year seemed lackluster. It didn't seem to bring any energy with it. You saw games like our record is great, but we weren't doing anything more than we were on the road. But you have to say, looking at what we saw Sunday night, that if that's what we're looking at in the winter in Lambeau, mm. look the fuck out. Yep. A.J. Dillon emerging there. He really did just emerge in the snow. We've been waiting all year, kind of seeing bits and pieces of him. It's almost like a baby. You see the ultrasound every once in a while. It's like, oh, that's going to be a beautiful baby. Look at that little nose. Look at that <laughs> thing right there. And then he just comes out fully formed. 
you know, not knowing how to say a word, but just running through guys. And yeah, yeah, it looked at first like he was trying Wait, to hold get on. his. Did you just say the baby comes out fully formed, not knowing how to say a word, but <laughs> running through guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like it as was like... as the only father on this podcast, I can say my son could run through people when he was born. <laughs> that was true about him. He was able to. Well, it reminds me of like baby um... Groot, but grown up, right? If he just came out as Groot. Right, <laughs> just emerged as I am Groot. Is like trying to figure out how to run, and like you kind of said, saw him slipping around on the snow. And even throughout the game, it's going to be awesome to see this guy develop into a fully polished runner because this is the beginning. He is at the floor right now, right? And I'm not going to say it's going to be 120, 130 from now on, you know, mm-hmm. it, but. And if, it shouldn't be because we also have a man named Aaron Jones on our team who oh, warrants lots of. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to that. I'm I'm definitely gonna get to that. And you were right about fucking Ryan Grant. It, like I keep thinking of him in in terms of Eddie Lacy because that was the last time we had a real power back, someone that would just run through a motherfucker's face, right? And then I keep thinking about that. It's like. If Eddie Lacy just turned all that gut into pure muscle, but he has the strides like Ryan Grant, he looks like Super Saiyan Ryan Grant. Like that's that's what he looks like to me. Or Ryan Grant when he gets the ooze. <laughs> I mean, he's he's dumber than Ryan Grant, but he's stronger <laughs> and he can fuck some shit up. Eddie Lacy if he pushed the gut under his dick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. And I don't want to take anything away from Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones is a legitimate is is the number one back. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't say that. AJ Dillon is someone that you can ride. You can definitely ride him. Is I mean, it's almost a good idea to ride him. Mm-hmm. You know, like in these snow games, just have him pick up steam and get better and better with each run. But Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, this is, like, I don't think there's ever been as good of a three-headed running back team as mm. this. What was the last one that was this good? The 49ers last Matt year. Matt Bright. <laughs> <laughs> Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert. And Tevin Coleman. Yeah. Was he hurt or was Jarek McKinnon hurt last year? I don't, year? I don't know. remember. They're both hurt so often. Anyway. Uh, the, the thing that I found impressive about this effort was we started to establish an identity as a run-first team mm-hmm. while bolstering the quarterback's MVP case. Aaron Rodgers goes 21 of 25, mm-hmm. throws four? Four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. Yeah. Three to Devontae Adams, one to EQ. Like, And that's how you do it. There was, there was a point like, yes, this offense is built on the illusion of complexity and all these things happening. And there was a point, I think, when we really started to get rolling – after we got three touchdowns where I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen next. This defense must be terrified because we are pounding you in the face with A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones can come out and bust one anytime that he wants. Equinemius St. Brown just caught a caught a dime, right? Bob Tunyon's out there. And then Devontae Adams can destroy anyone that he wants. It's... it's it like I just can't imagine trying to game plan for this offense right now with that added thing of of AJ Dillon. Can I right? ask as, a question? As, Why do we always 
like to refer to it as the illusion of complexity. Like somehow that's better than actual complexity. Like, <laughs> don't we have some actual complexity in this offense too? Well, I think I, I would think like you heard... to think it's not all just fake complexity. Sophisticated is the right word for it. Ma- maybe uh, I thought somebody was saying it was a trick of complexity, and Coach got mad, and said, "Illusion, Michael." <laughs> 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 no, but I think what you're saying, Mountain, is absolutely right. Like, we've talked about the weapons that this team needs all season long and how mm-hmm. the receivers aren't enough and how the tight end band is a fucking garage band. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, you've got a rock star, Bob mm-hmm. Tunyon. Yep. You've got fucking enough in Alan Lazard and fucking... Tavon Austin providing yeah. that 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 lateral element to the to the wide receiver game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then EQ seems to be, you know, MVS has been so hot and cold and back and forth. Like it, you don't want to say like EQ's taken over for MVS. Mm-hmm. They're both there, right? Um, so they're right. both available, and they, you know, they both have their strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, although I liked seeing EQ, and I'd like to maybe see more of EQ going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, MVS sucks ass, uh, <laughs> but. And then the running game, like if the the running game. This is we've been people have been calling for AJ Dillon all season long, and mm-hmm. not us. We have we have mm-hmm. not been willing to say like show me the AJ Dillon. Right. Um. I my interest was piqued when mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago Matt Lafleur referred to his team as having three starting caliber running backs. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh really? The yeah. guy with eight carries on the year, you're calling a starting caliber <laughs> yeah. running back. Right. So this kind of <laughs> this performance backed that claim up, mm-hmm. and now you do see this offense for what it really is. Mm-hmm. It's got a three-headed monster mm-hmm. um, in the backfield, and if you want to forget about Jamal Williams, be my guest. He yeah. will be there. <laughs> yeah. And yep. the, so terror is the word for it. If yes. you're if you're the if you're trying to defend against the Packers, you have Aaron Rodgers who is as talented as he is smart and you have options at every level of the offense and this is a, this is a Super Bowl winning offense. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. offense is fucking good enough. The case is closed. If AJ Dillon is capable of doing that mm-hmm. in the snow, like in the cold mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and wearing down a team the way he did, I don't need to see more to know that this offense can do whatever needs to be done mm-hmm. to win four more games mm-hmm. and become champions. And there's there are people yeah. out there that will make the argument like, oh, did we peak? Do you peak too early? Is there such a thing as peaking too early? This team just hit its stride right now in week 16. We are ready for the playoffs. Bring the playoffs on. We're rolling in hot. I know this is kind of cliched to say, but, like, we really at this point are, at least in the NFC, the only team that can beat ourselves. We say it a lot, but this year, like, if we are playing at this level, if we are playing our best football, not only should we beat everybody in the NFC, but we should fucking hurt them. There is nobody close to us at our peak in the NFC. If you look across the board at the AFC, there might be two teams. I don't know about you guys, but watching that Bills game, they look pretty fucking formidable right up there with Kansas City. Yeah, but, they've, been, uh, they've been brewing not, a run there for some time. Not one single team in the NFC is holding a candle to what we can do on our best day. Uh, 
I think, like, let's talk about Tampa Bay. Just, yeah. we, it could be brief, but mm-hmm. they were the ones on Saturday mm-hmm. who were being deemed NFC favorites because they were scoring at will against the Lions. They have f- successfully integrated Antonio Brown into that offense. They have Mike Evans. They have Chris Godwin. They mm-hmm. have, you know, Leonard Fournette and and Ronald Jones, like Gronkowski and Cameron Bray. They have, they mm-hmm. have the offense that is capable of feeling like our offense. And it felt like an offense like ours uh, this week. Granted, that was against a fucking sojourning Detroit Lions team mm-hmm. that has been <laughs> <laughs> fucking beaten and... Is just it, out in the wilderness right, right now. Yeah, so... But they looked really good, and they put the hurting on us earlier in the year. I still think, heading into the playoffs... That is a team that I would I would feel very relieved if they lost before getting to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know we're not the same team that was defeated thirty eight to ten. I, I have seen the changes in this team, particularly on defense, but also on offense as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you said the same thing last year for San Francisco. We're not the same team, but I think there's more evidence to support that this year. That oh, we absolutely. have grown substantially since week what was it five, six, right. when we played Tampa Bay. When this team uses the run to set up, when they use motion in the run, it's successful. When they use the run to set up the pass, the the running game is successful in itself. That opens up the pass game. When you get Devontae Adams involved early, you make him a threat and you start just saying, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna destroy you with Devontae Adams, that's gonna open up the rest of the offense. This the identity of this offense is terrifying. Also, the the gold zone. The gold zone. That is part of the identity identity of this team. 78.57% touchdowns first in the league that's not something that you could say about packers last year in years past we have struggled in the red zone but there has been a switch that has been flipped on that switch has been flipped from red to gold Mm -hmm. and it is inviting it's calling to us there's just this comfort that aaron Rodgers gets into when he gets down there another terrifying aspect uh, of this offense right now um you know I always look at the Chiefs offense and I'm like, damn, that is a terrifying offense. But when you see what we did this last week, when you see us put it all together like that. And we're a dome team. Yeah. You know, we're <laughs> built for shootouts, and that's what we that's how we do in the snow. So I and this is the benefit. This is the benefit of not leaving well enough alone. This is the benefit mm-hmm. of saying like we played like shit against Carolina. Yes. Not us, the Packer Force podcast. Right. We don't affect things. But <laughs> as long as as long as Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are seeing the areas of need, the areas of weakness and saying like we can get to higher levels, we need to be more versatile, we need to be more adaptable. Like winning against these shitty teams is not enough. Mhm. Mhm. We need to take it further. This is where you get Right, And that's why it's so important to fucking always be getting better and not mm-hmm. just saying like, oh, at least we didn't lose to the Jets. Right. Um, you know, like, 
You see, and the Rams lost to the Seahawks too. Like fucking, mm-hmm. now they might be out of the playoffs. Anyway, the mm-hmm. so with this, with all of this, we're going up this week against the Chicago Bears mm-hmm. with a chance to procure the one seed. And what do the Bears have going for them? Mm-hmm. But their second quote unquote hot quote unquote streak of the year (laughs) they have won three games okay they beat houston minnesota and jacksonville just nothing nothing to sneeze at no that is a lot to sneeze at (laughs) that is like ground fucking pepper to sneeze at that's some shit to wipe boogers on right so they had they had five wins at the start of the year which were pretty much all flushed down the toilet by a six-game losing streak, right? You were over the five wins that they had. They were like, there was uh-huh. nothing actually there. Yeah. Then they go to five and seven. Then after we beat them, the Lions beat them. And mm-hmm. then they win these three games, and now all of a sudden they're hot again. Now all mm-hmm. of a sudden their offense has scored, you know, what is it, 112 points in the last three games. Mm-hmm. And Mitch Trubisky is like salivating at like a hyena, looking at that extension opportunity, like mm-hmm. trying to get back into relevance. Yep. So... They have, they have a little bit of fomentum going for them. You know, it, it, they they have some positive stuff, but is it real? Is it fraudulent? I think it's fraudulent as fuck, and I think we are the just the team to expose it and to either end their season or to send them to fucking Seattle or New Orleans to have their season end there. Mm-hmm. It, because if Arizona loses to Los Angeles, the Bears will get in anyway. But this is still an opportunity for us to reality check the fuck out of the Bears. You know, they've been building this momentum on offense, and that tells me, like, hey, defense, this is another chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our defense just had their best game of the season. Yes. Least and points that, allowed against the highest scoring offense at the time. Finally crap. Yeah, that's true. Least yep. least points allowed on the season against the highest scoring points scored on the season mm-hmm. the time. that's pretty pretty decent yes so i mean we've only really talked about scenarios for when we win which we're going to but if we do somehow happen to lose to the bears isn't there a gigantic likelihood that we will stay home and play the bears again the following week right right which is why you just want to beat them once which is why you just want to beat them the first time so you don't have to fucking play them again. Like, you beat all you have to do is beat the Bears once in the next two weeks. Why not just do it the first time and get a break? That's true. And I don't see this team as the type, like, Aaron Rodgers is the type of leader who's not going to let his team fucking slack off, who's not going to let us see this as a game that, you know, hey, if we lose this, we're fine. Like, we're in the playoffs. That's what matters. He's mm. not going to see it that way. This is a chance as a competitor. This is a chance to break your opponent's neck mm-hmm. and to end their season. Mm-hmm. And that's that taste of blood is something that we need to get used to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to take a second. Can we take a second to compare this season to last season because of that point, right? Last season, we were excited that we were exceeding expectations. That we were 13-3, and three, and it was like, hey, we can do this. Why not? The playoffs are here. We've got the pieces. Let's go do this. We've shown that we can win games. We just beat the Seattle Seahawks. 
here come the here come the 49ers. It's it's a suicide mission right here, and we died. Right. Yes. Aaron Rodgers knows that the final years are coming. If last game is an indication of who this team is and, and is. who this team can actually can actually be consistently, I don't know of a better team that we've had. You could say 2010. You can't say 2011. I mean, 2014. I don't think you can because that that defense wasn't able to show anything. That defense was a was a liability all year, and we didn't have a running game in 2011. Okay. Okay. So, I think this team is as is better than that 2014 team. So, Aaron Rodgers, do you think he sees this as his best chance? that he may have in the rest of his career. I don't know. Like, I don't think that matters. Okay. And, and, and here's why it, yes, you can say like, when's the last one coming, Mm -hmm. but we're still worried about the next one. Mm -hmm. Right. Aaron Rodgers has had enough failure to where like, he's not looking like, am I, am I going to get one ever again after this? He's Mm -hmm. like looking back and saying Mm -hmm. like, I need to get one. Because no, I, have, I because I lost in nineteen and sixteen and and fourteen, mm-hmm. like I he's he's looking backward and saying like I have had chances to get my second ring and I haven't and I need to fix that because that's fucked up mm-hmm. that's wrong yeah um and I think I am better than Brett Favre <laughs> <laughs> and I think if you're looking forward like yeah you come to the same conclusion like this is probably their best chance. Who knows what's going to happen in the offseason? There's right. a lot of tough decisions ahead. Yes. But I think that that's looking too far ahead. I think you can easily look behind and say, I'm carrying these experiences with me. It's a lot harder to say, like, mm-hmm. well, since we're not going to get it next year, like, mm-hmm. no one – that's that's not how these guys think. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's how Aaron's thinking. Right, right, So right. I think, like – Yeah. So, so other than that, what I'm imagining, and I think this is – is just coming to me maybe through the black mountain is what what you said about Aaron Rodgers is not a guy that's like oh this uh, this game is fine if we we can give this game up we'll be fine we're going to make it into the playoffs just rest up do what you got to do you know prepare it's urgency you saw that after that Panthers game it is time it is it time. is time that's that's just the thing that keeps coming to my mind that's that is what I'm seeing right now. That does bring me back to the defense. And we have been talking on this show week in and week out about, you know, is the defense there? Are they good enough to win a Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. This defense, if nothing else, was good enough to get us there. The way that they played against a opponent with a clear strength that was our clear area of weakness at home, at Lambeau Field, in the cold, in the snow – they held up and not only held up but we're seeing guys that need to get pressure get pressure and what that is causing is turnovers darnell savage is flying to the football and playing at a level that we have not seen since nick collins Mm -hmm. from the safety position Mm -hmm. and i don't know if you know this but last time the packers had nick collins they won the fucking super bowl Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so having that element just that 
like I said, that vector of aggressiveness running towards the play to make it a turnover, to make it for our team as opposed to just seeing what the offense throws at us and trying not to let it get too far out of hand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This, This defense is doing the things that we know a Mike Patton defense needs to do. We know mm-hmm. a Mike Patton defense is going to get up, give up yards. We know it's going to bend. Mm-hmm. But it's supposed to have some bite to it, too. And it's starting to show that bite. I think the real criticism of the defense was, one that, that sat true for me, the criticism was at the beginning of the year was that it was an island of misfit toys. There were all these parts that just weren't working together. Preston Smith wasn't playing at his level, and if you didn't have Preston and Zedarius playing at that kind of, at that same level, it was hard to get a pass rush. You could focus on Zedarius and just let let Preston kind of flounder, right? That's what was happening on the at the front of the line. Uh, Darnell Savage entering year two was not playing at the the level of growth that you wanted to see him at. Jair Alexander was still doing whatever the fuck he wanted, and Kevin King was coming in and out of the lineup with with injuries. Uh, so Adrian Amos has to kind of take care of everything by himself as a safety, right? Now you have Darnell Savage emerging. He is playing incredible football. That allows Adrian Amos to play more comfortably and more confidently. He is playing amazing football. Mm-hmm. Kevin King, you know... You can, you can say that he's been playing. So I, I still don't know how he didn't get thrown on way more last game. I don't know how you don't against AJ Brown. You would, you would figure you'd figure that's a matchup you want to try to exploit, and that's got to be some sort of a credit to Mike Pettin for calling up a good game plan for mm-hmm. like helping mm-hmm. Kevin King out. Kevin King always had help on tackles. There was mm-hmm. there had to be coverage coverage that was rolled over to him, right? And so Jair Alexander. You saw him close that game out yesterday. Mm-hmm. I felt like that's something that I've been kind of waiting for him to waiting to see from him. Yep. But now he's playing confidently. You see, and it's guys like that that just open up other guys to be themselves. When you have your your stars that are playing solidly like that, then you get Christian Kirksey with an interception. Yeah. Right. Then you go to the front line. We're getting things worked out in the middle linebacker position. That's still a place that. You have some room for error now because the guys on the front of the line were getting that rotation worked out. Rashawn Gary is emerging as a menace, right, mm-hmm. in the backfield. Zadarius Smith is doing his thing, and Preston Smith is rounding the corner. Kenny Clark is becoming December Kenny Clark, right? And so the 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 defensive line is looking good. If All you got to do is look at last game. Shutting down the run like that. Putting pressure on Ryan Tannehill, and causing so turnovers, causing like causing turnovers, right? Yeah. And then you now that allows this middle linebacker situation to get figured out. And you got guys like Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin who have great athleticism, who are now able like to feel comfortable. Like, okay, you can play, just play, play hard. Go out there, play hard. You don't have to be perfect because we got guys that are covering you up. This is the most menacing defense that I've seen. I'm sorry. I'm banging the table for this defense. It's the most menacing defense we've seen in Green Bay since 2010. Now, that's that's a bold statement. We have a damn good defense. 
for being a team that has an MVP quarterback and the highest paid offensive lineman in the league in history. We've got one, if not the second, best receiver in the league, and we've got three goddamn good running backs. If you have any kind of money left over for defense after you spend that much on offense, you're doing pretty good. Mm -hmm. So to have a defense that can perform the way that ours can, that can feed off the energy the way that ours can, and if we continue to feed off the energy, that's the biggest thing. Like, we've always had good pieces on this defense. We've known it. Guys are emerging. Guys are stepping up at the right time. Everything's starting to come together, and it's coming together at the perfect time. And it's just really impressive that, I mean, people bitch about us not having enough guys, not making runs at players. What is the GM thinking? But holy shit, we've got a lot of really good pieces on this team compared to almost any team out there. I think our talent probably exceeds. It's really impressive what Gutekunst has done for all my gripes about not picking Mm -hmm. up a receiver or whatever. There is an embarrassment of riches on the Green Bay Packers right now. The team is ready for the pressure of the playoffs. I mm-hmm. think this team has been building so that it has a, a, a fucking warship ready mm-hmm. for the playoffs. And I think we're, we're at that point now. I don't think we're daunted by the, by the possibility of a Super Bowl run. I think that is the expectation. And I think we know the difference between going into the playoffs with a win over the Bears versus going into the playoffs with a loss over the Bears. I think there are certain teams in the past that we've had, possibly even last year, where maybe it would have been good for our health to Mm -hmm. lose this game to Chicago and Mm -hmm. have to face the prospect of a first-round game to kind of get our momentum going. Mm-hmm. I don't think this team has that problem. I think this team no. is completely ready to rest and mm-hmm. and poise itself while mm-hmm. watching three rivals get eliminated in the first weekend of playoff football right. and then face the idea of a two-game schedule to get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think that's what this yeah, team is ready thought... for, and it's it. I think this team is going to go into this game against Chicago – with that killer instinct intact for that reason. I think this this last game is a perfect final test. I think this is this is what you ask for. I think you got an offense that apparently is making things work, right? A defense that has that has strong parts that you need to run. It's not you know, you're not giving everything that you have to this game. But there is meaning in this game. That's the most important thing, is that they're playing this game that has meaning. That it has meaning to both sides. You have a team that needs to win to get into the playoffs, and you have an Aaron Rodgers team who I think we have established is not resting on its laurels at this point. Matt Nagy's offense is what is creation. Uh, you know, he runs kind of a more inventive complex offense right and i think that's something that i want to see not as it doesn't need to be a full game but again i think it's a good test like if you look at this last month of games it's been like okay here is a test that we need to pass 
Here's another test that we need to pass. This defense needs to keep yeah. growing and building, and I think this is a good game for that. You're facing something that's a little bit more uh, more complex, a little bit more sophisticated. My favorite my favorite thing about this game is that it you can't ju- it can't just be a retread of last time. Like right. we fucking laid the smack down on Chicago. Yeah, forty one to ten before. Yeah, and in, in, in late November, mm-hmm. you know. But this is December. They've studied that film. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't scored under thirty points since that game. They've mm-hmm. been doing what they need to do on offense. So this is, you know, our defense is like. Okay, now let's stop someone who's seen you and knows mm-hmm. your tendencies a little bit, knows your weaknesses a little bit better, mm-hmm. and is, you know, experienced some success. Mm-hmm. And also, like, those two late touchdowns that we gave up yeah. against the Bears, right? Were those, were those significant of something that was their offense figuring our defense out? Mm-hmm. Or was it truly just like, it's 41 to 10 and it's getting late. Like yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah. Is that a story that's going to leak out or are you going to shut the door on that? Right. And so th- this is, it's not for all the marbles and it shouldn't be. No. But this is a chance for our defense to show its continued growth mm-hmm. and for our offense to finalize its case among the offenses that the NFL has seen of all time. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we're you got to go out and show that you have more inherent give a fucks than the other guys. That's right, and I and I think I think we're there, and I think you know this Bears team might be feeling itself a little bit mm-hmm. after after three wins and three pretty good offensive performances. Mm-hmm. And I would love to be their reality check. In the league. Would love to be their reality <laughs> check. So you talked a little bit about. The Black Mountain and seeing Aaron Rodgers in the Black Mountain. Yeah. And I've talked a little bit about, you know, last week's formula, which we cut, by the way. So for our loyal listeners who are confused about about the break-a-leg formula and the show that was put on to support that, um, that's all that was. We just we cut that. This, this week... It's a similar formula with a different purpose. And this this week's formula is break a neck. <laughs> because this is this is it for Chicago. We have the chance to kill their season. We have the chance to be the reason they are not in contention anymore. And is this this Chicago team is nowhere close to winning a Super Bowl. Like literally if this Bears team wins the Super Bowl this year, I will put my head up my own ass and die there. That's how confident I am that it won't happen. Um they're they're you know, they're fighting for a playoff spot. That's a lot different than fighting like and being a contender, mm-hmm. right? So this team is this team is against the wall as it is and they might get in. They might be first-round fodder for the two-seed, even if they lose. But we have the opportunity to take a win-in-your-in scenario and say, no, fuck you. We have things to accomplish, and you're in the way of those things. And it's all about that killer instinct, that willingness to get your hands dirty and break the neck of 
your rival of the of the Chicago Bears mm-hmm. and to to do what is necessary to just move them out of the way so that you can move forward and then look back at the cheering crowd that you that is breaking their legs and say are you not entertained exactly this is gladiatorial fucking combat here and it is time to fucking no more games no more half games like we need to put together full fucking performances throw them to the to the street throw them under the curb they're done okay they're facing us and that's their fucking grand misfortune of this season because if they were facing Minnesota in Week 17 or Detroit, <laughs> they might have a shot to get this. But they're facing the fucking Packers, and that means something. It has to mean something because this is the year that we fucking win it all. And they're not going to take any bit of our shine away as we get ready for our fucking campaign to get Aaron Rodgers the second Super Bowl that he has long fucking deserved. Mm. He just tattooed something on my brain. They are facing the fucking Packers. That's right. Yep. Feels yeah, good. I will say this about how close they are to actually being in contention. I told my Bears fans' friends the other week that they had to win out, and they were actually in a playoff position now, in control of their own destiny. One said, oh, well, then I will say a prayer for them. The other <laughs> said, oh, the Bears are a still football team? <laughs> I will say a prayer for them. <laughs> Yeah, I cannot wait for this game and for Monday to bring clarity on what the playoff picture looks like, you know. And also, it will be fun to watch three potential teams lose Mm -hmm. in a weekend where you get to sit on the fucking couch. Yep. And so this, and that, that, that privilege to sit on the couch and watch that is is more exclusive this year than it has ever been with there only being one bye week um and that that's that's really exciting to me we have played well enough to be in position to get that all we need to do is finish the job against the bears and fucking bring darkness to their future Mm -hmm. and meanwhile we can go take a nice relaxing nap and then go to bed and wait for the next day in the next daybreak. Thank you for listening to the Pack of Force podcast. I am your host, Elliot Sill. We uh, really appreciate all the people who fucking ignore me on Twitter. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't have anything to prove if it worked for you. important poll what do you think fuck the bears the bears still suck go pack go i'm not even gonna bring up carry the g because i know that's not this household mm-hmm. fuck them. fuck the bears yep